previously on Better Worlds. You'll never find the diamonds. I've hidden them far too well. I don't need your diamonds. I need you to die. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of how Infinity War went. Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Matthew. And I'm Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) That was a little more sing-songy than I meant for it to be. It almost sounded like it did the uh, robotic smudging at the end there. And I'm Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was just me. And I'm Dustin. Today, we are going to talk about infinity war but first do we have any follow-up follow-up i wasn't prepared for this follow-up is a segment of the show where we talk about things from before that we want to readdress i thought you would be familiar with this dustin (laughs) we've done this before yes um uh, do we have one in particular that you were thinking No, of? I have now consulted our Trello board, and I see that there's no follow-up. <laughs> there is, however, a fin fact provided by Trevor. Listener Philip. Oh, <laughs> provided by Listener Philip. Who Thank you, gave it to Phillip. me on Twitter. Yes, but yes, it's from Listener Philip. Um, I had previously mentioned an episode of 99% Invisible, where they talked about how Finland was doing a data-driven trial of basic income for a limited set of their population. And Philip sent me a link about how the Finnish government is shutting down the trial. The headline... They might have changed the headline... Okay, yeah, they have. So the headline at the time he sent it to me, which I can see because of what it's called on the Trello board, was Basic Income Trial Falls Flat in Finland, which sounds really bad. Like, I mean, in the sense of it didn't work, so they're shutting it down. Uh, The headline now is No Plans to Expand Finland Basic Income Trial. Um, So I haven't reread the article because that almost sounds like they're still running the trial, just not expanding it. Um, That's the case. Or that's okay. how I read it. At the time that I read it, I thought it said that they were shutting it down, but they didn't have any information about how successful it had been. It just sounded like um, the desire or resolve to run the program had expired, and so they were stopping it. Um, so, or perhaps that was how long they planned to run it the whole time. I didn't really, I couldn't quite tell from the article. Uh, my main point being that they didn't have the solid data on how it had gone and it'll be a little while before we actually have the data on it. So it said that there, it was a two year pilot and, um, one of the quotes says, I'm a little disappointed that the government decided not to expand it. So it's not that they're just shutting it down. I think it's just set to expire anyway. And instead of trying it with more participants, they're just saying we're not going to expand the program. Okay. So they're letting it expire at the originally planned date. 
Yeah. Okay. Because it's all experimental at this point. Like, no one has a universal basic income. It's only, like, a theoretical idea. So they're, if it, there's, go, if they ever do anything with it, they're going to have to play around with the idea and see how it works real world. And in the article, it says that we won't get data on the experiment until after, like, toward the end of 2019. Yeah. So that they have to, you know, discuss the impact of the the program with the people that were involved. Yeah. And I was glad to see an update, but I'm more interested in seeing the final information. It at least seems like they're taking care rather like they're taking care with doing it rather than just haphazardly throwing money out like they're trying to track it and make sure that it's uh, if they were going to do something like that it would be a reasonable usage of funds or that it would actually have the effects they're looking for like it's nice to see that they're testing that out on the front end instead of like running a program for 20 years and then finding out it just somehow like would I don't know I guess the critic the criticism the theoretical criticism of it is that it would just cause prices on everything to go way up and then you would still be in the same boat but everything would be more expensive overall should we explain what universal basic income is or does it sound pretty self-explanatory the title is pretty self-explanatory also we had already linked to a podcast that talked about it more in depth that's true um, yeah. So everybody gets a flat basic income each month from the government. That's universal basic income. Yeah. And um, the idea is to uh, use this as a, I don't know, I'm not hugely knowledgeable about it, but um, part of the reason it's interesting is the increase in automation and the uh, resulting lack of work for humans to do. So like or lack be... of consistent or steady work. Right. Yeah. So um, a lot of those jobs disappear because robots are doing them, but stuff is still getting made. So it's like the wealth is still there, but the people on the bottom of the food chain don't get any part in it because they're getting replaced with robots. So, and eventually that does play into just the ability of a capitalistic system to do much if you run out of people to buy the products because they don't have any money to buy products so it's yeah. like i think i've seen it even proposed on that end of things like well you have to make sure that like in a and that's like overcorrecting from like a major projection point of if a ton of people are displaced by automation what would you do to ensure that like that doesn't cause capitalism to wither because there's nothing there's no capital flowing anymore yeah but i don't know it's interesting to see that they're playing i don't know that they're doing something with it yeah Yeah. and i know some people would probably have just like a gut negative reaction against it but i think part of the idea is that it could possibly be more effective than existing social programs at a lower cost Mm -hmm. um so for those who want the government to spend less money on such things, it could actually be a good way to to do that. I, like I said, I'm not hugely knowledgeable about it. And like Matthew said, we don't really know how well it works. So that's why we're keeping an eye on this. 
the article did mention that the government, even if it's not continuing this program, is still exploring ways to overhaul their social security uh, system. And it mentions a couple competing methods uh, like, I don't know, a universal credit system. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like you get credits instead of uh, euros. So whatever. Uh, There was a negative tax rate so that if your income fell below a certain point, you would actually get payments from the tax uh, office. And I... I don't know much about either of those options, but whatever option gets us closer to um, Star Trek where we just don't need money, that's great in my opinion. I always forget that there's no money in Star Trek. There isn't in, in on Earth or in the Federation. There's a bunch when you get to Deep Space Nine. Right, because you're <laughs> with dealing the Ferengi. with Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told you I started watching, right, Dustin? Yeah. Next Generation. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. Yeah, I started watching TNG, but that's a topic for another time, probably when I've actually watched more of it. Well, that was the top, the main topic for today, wasn't it? <laughs> and on that note, oh. shall we speak about Infinity War? <laughs> but I have one quick thing that's going to probably interest Dustin more than you, but I saw a replica that we used the actual materials. They can't do whatever Latinum was because I don't know what that's supposed to be. But someone actually made a bar of gold-pressed platinum and shaped it like they had in the show. And I was like, that's an expensive replica. (laughs) That is. (laughs) That's really cool. Oh, should I say something about Lost in Space? Absolutely. Okay, so... As long as that's not going to spoil it for me. No, I won't spoil it, and I won't say much, because we're going to talk way too long about Infinity War anyway. I mean, the right amount, Matthew. Um, (laughs) Lost in Space... What? We could split it up over a couple shows. Yeah, we might need to. Um, Okay, Netflix made a remake of Lost in Space. This was relevant to my interests because I love the uh, original show from the 60s. And actually, on that note, the reason that I disliked Star Trek for a long time was not, as many people would think, because I'm a big Star Wars fan, but it was because I was a big Lost in Space fan. And Lost in Space got canceled because of Star Trek, the original series. I didn't know that. Yeah, because it ca- it came out a year or two later and um, the network executives decided that its success meant that people wanted more serious science fiction and that something can't be like Lost in Space should just be shut down. Mm. Um, well, Star Trek only lasted for three uh, seasons. Yeah, it only lasted as long as Lost in Space had. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the new Lost in Space is not campy. Um, It does have some kind of goofy humor. Um, I enjoyed it. Overall, I think a lot of people will give up after the first episode, so I would just tell people, don't expect it to be super serious like Battlestar Galactica. Don't expect it to be a pure comedy. It has a lot of peril i think they kind of overdid the peril a lot of times personally um first episode's pretty slow but then it gets moving the family dynamics are pretty well done um and i like the story that they did pretty well so um i'm not going to say too much more now we can talk about more later if we want i i look forward to watching it yeah 
I would recommend checking it out and watching at least two episodes for anybody who is bored after one. I rest my case. All right. So we're starting Infinity War by talking about the trailers. I won't talk about the solo trailer because I know that Trevor's wanting to avoid it. But it is getting more and more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) How successful have you been? I have seen the first several seconds of a couple different TV spots before (laughs) switching my Hulu subscription back to no ads. And... Uh, the first time that I saw Infinity War, I uh, I kept peeking into the theater to see if the solo trailer was going so that I would know when I could come back in. And I saw a cloud that I thought was something I had seen on one of the TV spots. I thought I had seen a cloud with like a Star Destroyer coming out of it. I don't know. I, I thought there was a trailer that started that way. Maybe everybody's laughing at me now because there's not one like that. But I saw a cloud. I ran into the theater. Um, and... Then I came back in a few minutes later and Betsy said, oh, did you give up? And I said, no, it just happened, didn't it? She's like, no, that was uh, the crimes of Grindelwald. I was like, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) And then it started and I had to do the old uh, covering my ears and eyes and humming like a maniac routine again. I think I might have (laughs) frightened the woman sitting beside me. Um, But yeah. I gather that it has Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon and possibly a couple Star Destroyers. Yeah. I think that that sums it up pretty well. Um, Spoilers. No. (laughs) Wait, did you say that you thought Chewbacca might be in it? Oh, I heard like a thousand Chewbacca growls. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's because there are 1,000 Chewbaccas. One would hope. (laughs) Um. So since you mentioned The Crimes of Grindelwald, that was a trailer. Um, I didn't have any strong feelings about it. Newt Scamander was in it a lot. As there was Kurt. a lot. There was, I think, a Mission Impossible one, like the Mission Impossible, why do they keep making these? I can't remember the number. Yeah, that one looked exciting. Uh, I thought it was Mission Impossible Fallout. Tom is really angry this no, time. Fallout. Okay, well, he he was punching some people from what I gathered. Oh, yeah. I'm deeply impressed you remembered the name. It's because I plan on seeing it. I like Mission Impossible movies. Okay. It just seems like a... Yeah, and Melissa remembered the name, too, because she likes action movies. Yeah, Go, Melissa. I'm giving her a fist bump. (laughs) It's giving you a fist bump. Uh, So there were two in particular that I wanted to talk about. Uh, One was the Jurassic World trailer, and the other was the Deadpool trailer. I wish I hadn't seen that Jurassic World trailer. I know, right? That was what I wanted to say. That it, as it went on, I was like, this is getting really spoilery. And I... so I started doing my covering my ears and humming and closing my eyes thing while sitting next to Aaron in the theater because I was just like, this, oh my goodness, they're showing way too much. <laughs> and I remember after the first Jurassic World, The Lost Park, trailer came out <laughs> i thought they showed way too much and the directors said no no it's it's not that much the movie is like completely different you have had nothing spoiled but then they came out with trailer too <laughs> pretty sure oh, they've spoiled a lot on, of it now 
I hope they're still saying that because I fully expect there to be a third different movie behind this one <laughs> after the massive tone shift. The third twist is that it's directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> and the dinosaur is Satan. <laughs> Now I'm imagining there's that one movie that was like five people are trapped in an elevator. One of them is the devil. And I'm imagining basically that with like, they're doing a slow pan of like four scared looking humans and a giant velociraptor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was imagining five dinosaurs in an elevator. That'd be so much better, wouldn't it? Just cut out the the dead weight. (laughs) (laughs) Because the human would probably be dead. (laughs) <laughs> all right so yeah um if you want to now very yeah <laughs> we, all, we all three started <laughs> i was gonna say if you don't want to be spoiled on the entire plot of jurassic world what is it fallen kingdom the lost park the, the lost, lost park, park. <laughs> jurassic world the lost park then uh don't watch the trailer um so then Deadpool I went into the trailer kind of putting on my grumpy old man attitude of I this is going to be really raunchy I don't really I'm not going to laugh and I still laughed 3 times pretty loudly so the trailers are at least fairly clean humor and well, they have made... to get people in the seats before then. Right. I mean, I feel like to a degree that kind of happened where somehow people didn't get that impression. And then like mothers were taking like under 10 year old children into it and then being like, why didn't anyone tell me this was th- this way? Like, there's no way anyone warned me of this. Like, it's, if only there were a system I... for <laughs> perhaps <laughs> providing some sort of rating system that gives guidelines to parents about yeah. what's in movies. Um Betsy is now nervous about Jurassic World and interested in Deadpool. <laughs> what? In so it? she had a similar reaction to you, Dustin. She was like, you know, that actually yeah. looks funny. Yeah. the There were some really funny parts in the trailer. And I totally expect it to be just as bad as the first one, wherein people told me it's really raunchy. I went and saw it and I didn't think it was that raunchy, which tells me I just didn't get most of the jokes. Um, so it should be fine for me. <laughs> Wait, you did see it? I Yeah, I've seen Deadpool. Oh. I saw it in theaters. I just, I didn't think it was that raunchy. Oh, really? It wasn't as raunchy as what I thought people were making it out to be, oh. but I've had people confirm that yeah, you just didn't get the jokes. But what about the over-the-top violence? Um, that was pretty violent. I guess the over-the-top violence in the context of a comic book movie about a comic book hero assassin, not really hero, but comic book assassin, kind of just fit into the paradigm and didn't bother me as much. I mean, I've seen Logan, so. Yeah. It was a little more comic booky, violent than Logan was. I felt like Logan was gruesome violent and Deadpool was. It was almost like watching 
a Quentin Tarantino movie like Kill Bill or something where it's just so over the top that it's it's unrealistic and doesn't phase me as much, I guess. I see. You did not make a favorable comparison in my uh, <laughs> estimation. <laughs> <laughs> Being like Kill Bill. Is that what but, you're yeah. saying? Oh, okay. But does that make sense? Somewhat. I I see what you're saying. That they're... Yeah. Okay. It makes sense if it does not... Albeit it does not persuade me to go watch the movie. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I wasn't trying to. I was just trying to explain why the violence didn't affect me as much, I guess. Because I'm a monster. <laughs> All right. So speaking of monsters... <laughs> We watched a movie recently. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes. <laughs> or wait, is that what it's still called? Is it still called that series or is it just, is it Fantastic Beasts, the crime? What What's the actual name? I thought they dropped the Fantastic Beasts. I think it's just called The Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay. Newt's Commander and the Crimes Against, uh, Crimes of Grindelwald? Not Crimes Against Grindelwald, right? Grindelwald and the Crimes Against Humanity. <laughs> New band name, call it. <laughs> I mean, I've heard lots of disparaging jokes about drummers, but I've never heard one called a crime against humanity. Well, I was just thinking of um, like the songs being so bad that they are. <laughs> that or it's a Finnish metal band. Oh, my mic is all wet now. <laughs> That's disgusting water <laughs> oh it's fine i'm now just imagining that conversation being like um heavy metal screamed into my mic is all wet now that's disgusting it's water oh that's okay <laughs> <laughs> so which of us is newt scamander <laughs> i think trevor wants to be newt scamander okay and matthew and i are the crimes against humanity yeah that's true. He has everything going for him. He's a Hufflepuff. He's bad with people. He's good with animals. What more could you want? He's everything I aspire to be. <laughs> well, he's not an X-Wing pilot. <laughs> I'm going to laugh if that actor gets cast as like an X-Wing pilot please, in episode 9 or something. Please. Please replace Matt from Heroes. Matt from Heroes? Um... The the cop from Heroes. Oh. No one cares about Snap Wexley. Except for J.J. Abrams. No, they wrote a whole... Oh my gosh, the... Like... Uh, okay. There's a whole trilogy about him. And it's terrible. Of books. The novels. That actor is friends with J.J. Abrams. That's why he's there. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why they thought the character was interesting enough to get a whole trilogy of books is it kind of like salt man huh the binocular guy that walks out on the salt no dramatically no because he just appears in some books this is like they wrote a whole trilogy about teenage that character and his teenage years (laughs) what huh yeah it's really bad the only more redeeming on aspect Star Wars. is that he has... Oh, you want to know more about Star Wars? Well, I was going to say more about Star Wars great decision-making. Yeah, so Rebels <laughs> has concluded, and its successor has been announced. 
a new cartoon show led by Dave Filoni called Star Wars Resistance. It will be anime-inspired, and it will feature such beloved characters as Poe Dameron and Poe Dammit Phasma. (laughs) Are those really the main characters? I don't think they're the main characters. They'll probably just have cameos. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a comedy of errors where they end up having to like <laughs> fight side by side, like out of a trash compactor. And wait, Phasma's in it again. She will appear in it. I I'm guessing that both of these will not be main characters. But um, she okay. okay so show, she survived again. No, this is before. Oh. Featuring the high flying adventure that audiences of all ages have come to expect from Star Wars, Star Wars Resistance, set in the time prior to Star Wars The Force Awakens, will feature the beloved droid BB 8 alongside ace pilots, colorful new characters, and appearances by fan favorites, including Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma. The good thing is that they're actually voiced by Oscar Isaac and Will Wedge Gwendolyn and Tilly Christie. in there. Um, sorry, what? <laughs> what about I Wedge? Said, Will Wedge and Tilly's be in there? I hope so. Ace pilots. There's no reason he shouldn't be around for The Force Awakens. Um, right. And one of the things that's so cool about Star Wars Rebels is that he does show up in that. Um, there's a whole arc where he is still in the Empire and he gets a message out, and the main characters of Rebels help him and a few other cadets defect. It's pretty cool. I was really hoping they'd come up with like just a very transparent replacement for Wedge in but like he's just his like, name is Poe Dameron. Oh that, I know I was gonna go with like doorstop Bermuda or something, but then it, <laughs> Um There are people who really love Poe, so I feel a little bit bad because I know how that feels. People are always talking trash about my man Jar Jar. I mean, isn't he essentially supposed to be the placement for well i don't know they kind of just want Honestly, like a, he's a trio leg replacement i don't know exactly yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like trevor you're being consistent in in the camps that you're choosing you you were pro jar jar and you're anti-po i think that you're consistently in the minority of star wars audience yeah yeah anyway we don't need to dwell on this because it's just like literally just the announcement of a new show Rebels was really good. Um, the sequel era of Star Wars is my current least favorite, but these cartoon shows always seem to do a good job of making me appreciate that era more. So I usually look, like literally every time they announce one of these shows, I'm like, oh, that looks terrible. And then about three years after it begins its run, I catch up on the existing three seasons and I say, wow, that was actually really good. And then I watch the rest of it. How do you feel about it being anime? Um, they have an image kind of showing what that means, I guess. I My guess is it'll be kind of along the lines of Avatar because Dave Filoni was also involved in Avatar. Oh, was he? Yeah. I recently found that out and I was going to tell you and then this announcement came out and I was like, now I'm super going to tell you. Now I need to look up what he did or like how he was involved. Given Ooh, the idea for Star Wars Resistance came out of my interest in World War II aircraft and fighter pilots, said Filoni. My grandfather was a pilot and my uncle flew in restored planes. It's been a big influence on me. Hmm. Okay, so how do we watch that? It looks like it's going to take a nod from racing-related anime as well. Which, like Speed Racer? 
Uh, it says there's a long history of high-speed racing in Star Wars, and I think we've captured that sense of excitement in an anime-inspired style. So I don't know if it's going to be like that, per se, but I don't know. But yeah, I like the idea of a show based on pilots instead of just Jedi. It'll probably be on Disney Channel and surprisingly expensive on iTunes. That's usually the way these things go. Um, I will say... Oh, he was also an animator on King of the Hill. Hmm. Oh, really? Dave Filoni? Yeah. Hmm. Um, These shows, the the like major characters from movies might show up for one episode or like as like a recurring character for a few episodes or like half a season or something. Um, if they're a villain, they can do that. Um, but the main protagonists are usually completely new characters. Do you think they will involve him in the, wait, did we already talk about that? Like in the live action show? I think you said you wanted, him. I said I wanted them to just put him in charge of everything, but I mean, he really likes doing animation. That's really his wheelhouse. Makes sense. Shall we talk about Infinity War? I guess. (laughs) Do you not want to talk about it? (laughs) No, I'm just being goofy. Have we talked too long about other things? Nope. Okay. Just the right amount. Even when we're like, we're just going to do like five minutes of follow-up. It's always about 30 Okay, do we have anything that is not a spoiler to say about Infinity War? Nope. Uh, it is a movie that uh, involves Marvel. We should probably just not even try it. And now we will begin the spoilers. If you have not seen... Well, you could talk about your tweet that got a bunch of attention. Uh, okay, that was weird. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Actually, yeah, let's do it, because I also had revised viewing suggest. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so I was doing my rewatch and I had mentioned some stuff on the show about maybe putting something up to help guide people. Curtis called me out for not doing that. And so I tweeted, in lieu of a proper guide, here's my advice for those who want to rewatch the MCU before Infinity War. One, use release order. Two, skip the Incredible Hulk. Three, don't skip Thor movies. They're better than you remember. Four, Move Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to right after Guardians of the Galaxy 5 start yesterday. I have no idea why, but this received 1,575 likes and 422 retweets. Um, A normal number of likes and retweets for me would be maybe like two total, if anything. So I, I, I was very confused by this, and I had to turn off notifications for Twitter for a little bit. Because I've never had people... Yeah, I don't know what happened. Somebody with a lot of followers who like Marvel must have retweeted it or something. It was a really good tweet, Trevor. Thank you. <laughs> I also received a lot of angry messages from people <laughs> who like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Which is just Wait, hilarious. five people? <laughs> it's more than five. <laughs> um, people who like the... Uh, let's see... One guy who hated Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he says it's space garbage. A bunch of people who say The Incredible Hulk is underrated. And then a bunch of people who say I'm wrong about Thor being good. Anyway. I do believe the phrase is space junk, not space garbage. Well, clearly this guy doesn't know what he's talking about anyway, so. 
<laughs> his opinion, space junk. <laughs> um, so I was going to say that as I rewatched them, I think generally Trevor's advice is solid, especially the um, just watch the two Guardians together because it, it even makes sense because they've said timeline-wise two happens like three months after the first one. So it doesn't make sense to... Like, it makes sense to just kind of take them as their own chunk. Um, But then I kept thinking about, like, the way that Phase 3 has rolled out. I guess technically the end of... And I just thought, like, it almost makes more sense to reorder stuff where Doctor Strange would go immediately into watching Thor Ragnarok. And then I struggled with thinking, like, well, where does that fit in? And I think where I've come down is that, like... Personally, if I'm going to reorder it, it would be doing Age of Ultron, then watching Doctor Strange and Ragnarok, and then going Ant-Man, Civil War, Homecoming, Black Panther. Because those four, you almost have to, like, the Spider-Man and Black Panther movies flow directly out of Civil War, and Ant-Man goes directly into Civil War. So you almost have to have them, those, like, if you're wanting the most connected narrative flow. Whereas, like, Doctor Strange connects lightly to Ragnarok, and those are an independent narrative flow. And you want Black Panther... I guess it it feels like Black Panther should go into Infinity War. But no, I take that back. Now I kind of want Ragnarok too. So maybe I wanted... That was my thing. I wasn't sure where I wanted the Doctor Strange and Ragnarok, but now maybe I want that. I would agree with what you said. I think it... uh, I think there is a benefit in not just going with release order. Now that I've, I mean, I tweeted that thing before uh, seeing the movie. Um, now that I've seen Infinity War, I would agree with you that Phase 3 should be reshuffled. I would probably do Civil War. Um, I don't know if I would do Spider-Man or Black Panther next. I don't know if it matters which one's what. Like, I, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying that they both. Yeah, I'd probably do Civil War and then one of those two. And then um, I should be looking at a list so that I know what I'm saying here, but. Um, I would, am I missing one? If I say civil war, Spider-Man, black Panther, Dr. Strange, Ragnarok, infinity war. No, I think that's everything. Okay. Cause yeah, that way you get those two right after civil war, but then you get Dr. Strange right before Ragnarok and Ragnarok right before infinity war. Mm-hmm. Oh, the reason I wasn't, that was it. The reason I initially thought it would make, uh, it might make sense to go Doctor Strange, Ragnarok, and then do Ant Man and Civil War. Was that they've said Ragnarok is happening almost the same time as Civil War, which yeah. seems a little weird to me because it's like, well, then how does that go so directly into Infinity War? But then I thought, like, oh wait, there's an undisclosed amount of time. They've established that where they are in the cosmos is it's just really big, so it could take a long time to go someplace, and there could be a long time between the actual end of Ragnarok and the teaser where he and Loki are talking and Thanos' ship shows up. Maybe. I don't remember the conversation with Loki. So I don't Um, remember if they said anything that would give a hint. They were just kind of talking about going to earth. Okay. And Loki said like, do you think it's a good idea to go to earth? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, let me rephrase. Do you think it's a good idea for me to go to earth? (laughs) And then a big ship shows up. Yeah. Well, shall we enter the spoiler zone? 
Yes. I think we're on the highway to the spoiler zone. Okay, we are now going to discuss spoilers. If you have not seen Infinity War, stop listening. Unless you want to know everything about Infinity War, including our emotions before seeing Infinity War, which would be insane. So, stop listening. Goodbye. Okay, now what? If you're listening, that means you've seen Infinity War. Congratulations. Or you have decided not to see it, but somehow listen to three random people talk about it before seeing it, which is an odd decision, but we respect you for it nonetheless, maybe. No, I still think you're insane. Are we going to talk about the movie or just keep talking about it? I think we're worried about talking about it. <laughs> I've, I'm just kind of here for the ride. I'm waiting for you and Matthew to okay. sprint out of the gate. So yeah. my first note is Loki dead journey into mystery which i want to <laughs> so journey into mystery what the heck um well number one that's like the original title where thor and loki showed up was called okay. journey into mystery and they have a nod to it in thor number two the journey into mystery in that specific context was me linking to so there is a, a similar instance in the comics in recent history where there is a big enemy that everyone is fighting and loki makes a play to stop or like play the hero and try to stop it and gets brutally murdered and it kind of almost maps to that that afterwards they launch they relaunch journey into mystery and it has a uh i guess reincarnate it's the best term loki but he's a 10 year old kid and it's kind of and it's one of the better comic arcs i've read so that made me hopeful that like oh they've got the setup almost exactly they could do that and that would allow tom hiddleston to move on if he wanted to and they could still keep investigating the character while we're on the topic of dying oh yeah loki died (laughs) can we just can i address the elephant in the recording studio um of everyone who died oh sure so um while we were watching it at the end unfortunately we were sitting behind some like early high school student early high school age or late junior high i'm not sure but during the credits this kid in front of me is just weeping and he's weeping through the entire credits and i'm like kid (laughs) Get a hold of yourself. This is stupid. You're, you're just making an idiot of yourself. I really mean right now, but I'm laughing at this kid unapologetically. Oh, my goodness. And I'm pretty sure it was... Um, I feel like most of the things that um, teenagers and, I guess, young adults do when they are not in a relationship with another individual is part of a courting uh, ritual. And I think that he was putting on a show for some of the females that were around. Oh. (laughs) So that was also annoying. However, I did not find myself emotionally touched at all by any of the deaths because one... I feel like there were just way too many people died. Well, maybe half. Yeah, maybe half. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, 
if you're if you're randomly selecting half of the universe to die, it's um I feel like it's kind of well, whatever. So many people died that I don't for well, for one, it's comics. I'm pretty sure they're gonna find a way to bring them back. But also the the people they chose to die and the quantity of people that died even makes it more likely to me that they're going to come back or some of them will somehow they'll find a way in the next infinity war. Well, they- and so even with Loki, I just, I'm just kind of on this boat of, all right, I'm going to wait and see the next movie and then I'll be emotional if I need to be for anyone. They, at the end with who, I mean, if you've paid attention anything on a meta level of just where production is with stuff and how they build franchises, you're, you already know there's a Black Panther 2 and a Spider-Man 2 in the works and a Guardians 3 in the works. Like what <laughs> they're the Guardians 3 is not just going to be Rocket and Nebula looking sad for two hours. Right. Guardians 3 is the one that could most ostensibly be set chronologically next to its other movies since that's already the case with guardians one and two i don't think they'll do that but when i was thinking through this stuff when everybody was disappearing that was my thought like they could do that one chronologically with the others um i don't think they will but that was my thought at the time i don't again i they're not gonna leave spider come on guys they're not leaving spider-man dead they're they're just right they're not leaving black panther dead (laughs) i guess i feel like they they if they wanted an emotional response, they could they should have restricted it to a few characters rather than half of them. <laughs> because at half of them it just Now that being said, I pay like you and I understand how like comic stuff would kind of work and we've at least paid attention to things. I think the average moviegoer doesn't necessarily have that background and doesn't necessarily know there are sequels for things in the works so it might appear to someone who's less invested in everything that they did literally just kill off everyone i heard that there were a lot of fairly devastated people leaving the theater who didn't realize that a sequel was already planned for infinite like they didn't realize that infinity war is part one of a two-part thing and so they were just like wow that was a depressing ending yeah, the kid in front of me had no excuse because rather than rather than thinking, "Wow, that was a tense like halfway point." And when I saw it, I thought, "Oh, this is if you're someone who literally just jumped on with Black Panther, like Black Panther was the first one you saw, and then you saw this movie because you were really into Black Panther, and that like opened up the universe to you." It kind of not a good thing that they benched T'Challa. <laughs> That was the name I heard people saying in the theater. A lot of angry people during the credits. <laughs> Can't believe they killed T'Challa. But yeah, I think people, some people just don't know. Um, I was annoyed at first because they killed all the wrong people, as Dustin said. Like, they didn't kill the people they needed to kill if they wanted us to believe it. Um which makes it look like it's obviously going to be reversed. But as I thought about it... Like Iron Man. Yeah, like if they killed Iron Man or Captain America, we would think, wow, that sucks, or it was hard, but like we knew it was coming eventually. They've been around for a long time. Their contract is maybe running out. Um, Oh, can I say my theory? Well, here's the thing. Um, The fact that they killed all the wrong people 
and that none of the people we expected to die died except for the ones who actually got stabbed or um, killed in other ways. The people who turned to ash. Um, I went off on enough of a tangent that I lost my thought. Um, the fact that all the wrong people turned to ash means that the tension is just as high for the second movie because the people who we expected to die are largely still alive. And the people who we know have sequels are dead. So like they got the emotional payoff of killing a bunch of beloved characters. False. But we still really don't know who's going to die. And so there's just as much tension. They, the other way to do that would be just to not kill anybody and to have all of the tension waiting for the second movie. Yeah, but they managed to have a little bit of an emotional payoff, despite the fact that we know it's probably not going to stick, while still maintaining a lot of tension going into part two. Yeah, that and in fact building up the tension more because we don't know how they're going to come back. We don't know like what how it's going to be done. We just kind of know that they're not going to stay dead by whatever mechanism. Captain Marvel will save us. She doesn't have necromancy that we know of. So, but anyway, the um, that was an allusion to the, her horrible sing-along blog. When Penny is dying, she says Captain Hammer will save us. Oh, I see. I'd forgotten about that. Now you make me sad. That's ten years old. Yeah, it's the it's beyond the statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just like, oh man, I still think of that as kind of like newish, but yeah. it's not really at all. I'm sure we'll get part two next year. Um, so what was your thought on the all the people dying, Matthew? Oh, it wasn't exactly that. It was kind of more granular. But right before Strange turns to Ash, he says something to Tony like, I'm sorry, it was the only way. Right. And part of me wonders if he wasn't apologizing in advance for putting them on the train, like on a path where Tony has to sacrifice himself to help. Yeah. Like I, it kind of felt like he was not saying, I'm sorry. I gave him the time stone. It was like, I'm sorry. I signed your death warrant. Could be like, he saved his life there because he knew he had to die later. Yeah. I was annoyed at first that Dr. Strange gave Thanos the time stone because how dumb of an idea is that until I realized how obvious it was that, he looked, he knows the one way that works. So clearly this is the one way that works. And like he even says it, but we're in the end game. For some reason, it took me a little while to realize that. I liked his chess reference. Oh, <laughs> is that specifically a chess reference? That's how I took it. So, okay, let's we'll do go that. with it. Which one? <laughs> what was the chess reference? We're in the end game now. Oh, I see. I just, okay. I thought in terms of how to hide an infinity stone, that was maybe the classiest way to do it. Which way? He oh, hit it as yeah. a star in the sky and plucked it out. Oh, I don't know if I caught that. Yeah, if you rewatch it, he actually grabs a star and it materializes as a stone, and that star is not in the sky later, like okay. as he moves it out. Okay. It felt um, like a good Sorcerer Supreme move. Yeah. Is he Sorcerer Supreme yet? I think so. Okay. I mean, they haven't said it, so I was kind of wondering. Well, I mean, if we're going by things they haven't said, then the, we still haven't seen the Avengers assemble. <laughs> you shut your mouth. But we have seen the Revengers. We've seen the Surprisingly. I'm thinking they're saving Avengers assemble, like actually saying it on screen, like for the last movie at some point. And hopefully Captain America says it. 
before he dies. Or as he's dying. I bet oh, it's as he's dying. Don't do that. Nope. I can't deal with it. Yeah, it's definitely last words. It'll be they'll do the same thing they did with Nick Fury. Avengers. No. <laughs> I thought you were saying he'll be in mid swear. <laughs> no. Uh, so see. I, after watching Infinity War, I this is kind of going back to Loki, but I after watching Infinity War, I decided to watch Thor Ragnarok, and it wasn't so much a decision as I just hadn't had time yet, and then decided I'm just going to have to make time. And it was kind of crappy to watch it, and then realize that all the characters that you care about in the movie or grow to care about are just exploded in the first yeah. 10 to 15 minutes of infinity war. They were kind of unclear on that. They said half of he Thor said they killed half the ship. So I don't know how they blew up the ship. It's almost like you would have to have like bisected it. And then just half the people are on that. So I can't imagine they killed Valkyrie. Well, they blew up half the, sh- the people because before that they had already killed half the people. That's my guess. I don't know if it it looked like the ship might have been broken into segments. Was my point because I don't know that they. I don't yeah. know. So you think they saved Valkyrie? I think they have to have kept at least her alive because they wanted. They seemed like they were poising her to be there for several movies. Same thing with T'Challa. <laughs> I'm saying there will be some hand waving as to how some people are alive. Yeah, it was heavily implied in the beginning that all the Asgardians died. It was Thor who later said he killed half of my people. But Thor is not the sharpest hammer in the vault. He's not good at counting. But he is fluent in Groot. <laughs> that was surprising and funny. And again, I just think... I thought Groot was unique. All words are made up is a surprisingly good observation about language. Yes. <laughs> that might be my favorite line of the movie. To hear him say something like that. Um, In the midst of the characters all having a conversation about a word that I couldn't make out until I, well, I was going to look it up later and then they finally put it on screen for me. Nadavalier? 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 Nadavalier. Nadavalier. Are you purposely trying to miss? No. It's a very difficult word for me. Okay. It's it's almost as bad as sixth. Sixth, sixth, That'll work. Okay, <laughs> just go with it. That'll do, Trevor. Well, now I want to train a pig to say it. That'll be <laughs> pig. Just a happy pig coming from going Nadavalier, and the pig has a like war axe on its back. Oh, a quick note about Tony that I forgot to say. Um, I had the thought regarding. Uh, Doctor Strange saving Tony to play a big role later on. I couldn't help but compare that in my mind to Gollum in Lord of the Rings. He may yet have some part to play. And so I now fully expect Infinity War Part 2 Untitled to end with Tony gleefully stealing the gauntlet, slipping it on his hand, and then falling into a vat of lava. 
Well, after biting it off of Thanos's wrist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see how thick his wrists are? <laughs> he has iron jaws and nanobots. <laughs> and nanobots, yeah. <laughs> Lots of them actually. Iron is probably a terrible material for nanobots. The we got a pretty decent adaptation of maybe not like exactly 100% in terms of the flexibility, but a pretty decent adaptation of bleeding edge armor. So I was pleased with that. So that's like your whole wish list right there. Right? Um, We got, uh, yeah, pretty much my wish list got fulfilled. Not my whole, that wasn't my only thing. Do you want to talk about other points of your wish list? Um, Some I won't mention, but we did get a version of iron spider armor that was, I part of me still wishes they had kept the original color scheme, like a color and armor scheme that was, straight up just like dark red and gold but i understand why they adapted it it functionally worked the same with the um the arms are called waldos and it functionally worked the same with those and like they even had some poses that were pretty close to comics with those waldos yes why i have no idea for that one why not something like arms or legs because that's what tony stark wanted to call them okay um i on the note of how difficult it is to avoid spoilers i had not seen anything about the iron spider armor being in the movie up until the point where i was waiting for the movie to start and you know those like trivia things they do in the movie theater Mm -hmm. they had one of those things about the iron spider armor and i was angry I mean, that's not, you saw it at the end of Homecoming. That's what, okay, that's what Betsy said when I complained about this to her. But you saw it at the end of Homecoming, and it looked like it was probably the Iron Spider armor, but you still didn't know for a fact that it had the legs. Oh, did And that's the kind of thing that they make changes for in the movies. It's like, you know, the Iron Spider armor looks cool, but the legs are kind of weird, so let's just not do that. Um, Did the trivia question say something about the legs? It had a picture. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. That's one of the things that I was looking forward to being excited if I got surprised by it. So anyway, um, yeah, I do think that, I mean, we said this about some of the other movies, but it feels like they're going more and more comic booky with everyone. Like Ragnarok is brighter. Um, Black Panther, they didn't shy away from a lot of the uh, more mystical comic booky stuff. Um, and then this one, the sheer amount of action in it and the degree to which it expects you to know pre-existing material makes it feel and the, perhaps more like a comic book. Even the scene cuts felt like cutting back and forth between yeah. comic panels. Yeah. A lot of the time. So I mean, a lot of people have been asking me what I thought kind of, with the expectation that I'm going to tell them if I recommend it or not. And I've had to tell them I liked it a lot, but if you're not into these movies, I don't see how this would be of interest to you. Like you're going to not know who anybody is or what's happening. Like it's not really a standalone movie. I don't think. And I don't mean that as a negative. Like I think it's very good at what it is, but it's at the same time that it is, a movie that can be compared to the other movies. It's also the result of 10 years of buildup. Right. In a way that I don't think a movie has done before. Yeah. 
I was thinking it's not designed to be a standalone movie. It's designed right. to be the culmination of this long process. Mm-hmm. I so. I didn't dislike Iron Man 3. I feel like the potential for a lot of Iron Man storyline was thrown away kind of casually. But this movie makes that a better movie in retrospect. And in a way, it like I was thinking it made Age of Ultron feel like a side story until I think I was talking about it with maybe... You, but the, um, but even that it like makes, and I like Age of Ultron, but I think it adds an additional layer of meaning to Age of Ultron because of how much it fulfills the anxieties in it that are driving some of the plot line. Right. I mean, Tony, when everybody is upset with him, he says, "All this stuff we're fighting all the time. That's not the real fight. The real fight is up there, and it's coming." Like, he pretty explicitly calls out. He knows something worse is coming, and they have to be ready for it. Oh, I want your, um, I want your, uh, whatever crazy theories you can have on this. So when he faces down Thanos, and Thanos says, Stark, you know me? You're not the, and then Thanos says, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge? How do you take that? I wasn't sure how to. You see, Scarlet Witch had been flying through space for a while, and did the same dreamy thing to Thanos that got him scared. And so Thanos saw a potential future where... Oh, the way she freaks everybody out at the beginning of Age of Ultron? Yeah. Okay, okay. So Thanos saw a potential future where he's walking over the bodies of his slain friends um, and seeing the destruction and... Uh, some Quinjets flying overhead and uh, realizes that it's Stark that brought him to his doom. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) It made me think I need to see Age of Ultron again to see his vision. It partially made me wonder if it, uh, like, maybe it, it could just be a reference to the fact that somehow he knew Tony was the one who delivered that nuke that blew up the fleet in Avengers. Yeah. But I don't know how he would know that. And the way he phrases it doesn't make it sound like that. It makes it sound like he had a little bit of, I don't know, anxiety or fear about Tony Stark. And I don't know how that would, like, I can't make that make sense. It's hard to imagine Thanos being scared of anybody. He seems like a pretty proud guy. That's why I said maybe that's not the right term. But like, I don't know. There, it, he regarded him in as a threat, or somehow he. But you wouldn't use the phrase "cursed with knowledge" if you if it was something that didn't bug you. Hmm. And he puts it on par with like he almost is saying that like he knows. Tony is upset with or has been like bogged down with visions of the world being destroyed. And then he puts it on par with that. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was just supposed to say they're both people. Like he not only saw, had a vision of the world being destroyed, he saw his world be destroyed. And maybe it was just there to say like, I'm comparing myself. Like we're on, we're the same type thing. Yeah. I don't think, um, now that you mention it, um, 
he earlier in the movie when he's talking about the need to reduce the population and everything's going to fall apart if it doesn't um what is it Gamora says to him you're crazy i, I hate you his response <laughs> i hate that chair among other things <laughs> Um, this isn't love. The line that I remember him saying is, I'm the only one who knows that. I can't remember what he was responding to, but... It was something that, It was something to the effect of, like, it's the only way we can do this. And she's like, you don't know that. I'm the only one that knows that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, so I And he seemed very troubled when he said it. He's the only one who knows that that's the way to fix it. So I think if he's talking about being cursed with knowledge, it would probably tie back to that statement. Or it could tie into the I ignored my destiny once thing. Yeah. I don't know. Could be. Could be. Because he's also said that he knows what it's like to lose. Or he's seen some kind of vision. He doesn't see vision until the end of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Puns. Oh, can we go back to Loki for a minute? Mm Mm-hmm. Always. So... Again, part of the, and I should have also said, part of what makes it feel like Journey into Mystery, they've set up for that, which I don't, I'm not making a prediction they're going to do that. I'm just projecting what I want to see happen. Um, But they, in that comic storyline, what happens is you find out like Loki, again, kind of like reincarnates as a kid, and then he meets a vision of his older self. And he's like, so why'd you make the sacrifice to stop this villain? And then old Loki is saying, I'm the god of mischief, but I'd become static. Like, people knew I was going to betray them. People knew it, like, I was stuck being that, and the only way to fix it was for me to die and for a new version to come in who has a chance to fix it all and become to, like, re- redeem what's going on. So it feels like the narrative they took in Ragnarok was completely in line with that. Like, they were, they even had Thor point out, like, you became too predictable. They kind of had Loki switch around what he was doing because he's like well in a way you're kind of right about that and even and like the last thing he tries to the last act he tries to do in this is proclaiming himself like embracing a new identity but then still proclaiming himself the god of mischief i don't know they and it feels like that had to be part of a bigger plan like loki's not that sloppy he wouldn't expect that to work I don't think so. What did you guys think? I would very much like it if you were correct, because Loki is my favorite character in the entire MCU. And I want to see more of him. I think that, or I guess watching it, I just figured he was desperate and thought that he might be able to surprise Thanos. Um, just as they thought that Thanos would be surprised, even though they said we have a Hulk right before Hulk came out or I don't remember exactly what they said, but superheroes tend to do that where they they shouldn't say anything and actually take someone by surprise. Yeah. But instead they ruin the surprise seconds before. Um I'm just distracting you so she can get behind you. Yeah. They seem to have and especially like both in Ragnarok and in this, seem to have really enjoyed like giving a Loki a turnabout line where something was either used against him or and then like flipping that around where he gets to be on the not receiving end of it with the whole like him like uh the hulk beating up thor and then loki 
and, and I don't know, then the whole, like, we have a Hulk. Maybe they're just, like, doing stuff with the Hulk and turning that around with Loki. I guess that's what they're doing. Maybe. Also, I think there's a case to be made that had that earlier fight been a fair one, it might not have worked out that way. Which in with Hulk Thor and, Ragnarok? Well, I meant with the Hulk and Thanos. Mm. Unfair how? Oh, because Thanos had the Power Stone. Thanos had the Power Stone. Yeah, that's why he was as strong. However, he didn't use it. But it's what made him as strong as the Hulk, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just that. Like, they they specifically point out, like, basically, if someone's holding the Power Stone, they can't really be beat in a, like, fight fight, typically speaking. Like, just in a raw fisticuff fight. It was kind of nice to see how Thanos... Like, when he was fighting Hulk, he was moving a lot faster like he was more of a finesse fighter than uh i'm gonna smash you fighter like hulk so it was believable to me that he would be able to knock him out you know it was certainly an effective way of establishing his power (laughs) early on oh no definitely with that i'm just saying i don't know how many punches he would have been able to successfully take from the hulk without yeah being super powered right but it does make one question how any of the fights after that were as close as they were because he's just accumulating more stones as the movie goes on and he's fighting less imposing superheroes less i don't know physically imposing which fights so, were close? Well, I don't know. Like when he was, when uh, Iron Man and the Guardians and Doctor Strange and Spider Man were fighting him. Oh, when I there were like literally eight almost, people holding him down. <laughs> right. But still, I think one Hulk could take those eight people. I don't know that. Yeah. And so, as far as a single imposing uh, fighter, at least in the movies, Hulk is hard to beat and the fact that I don't know t- thinking if the stone helped him beat the Hulk then adding more stones should have just made all of the other fights just cakewalks for him like it shouldn't have even been close however some of them yeah. were I mean, the one on Titan, the only reason that worked is because it was so well planned out. And what's the word for like the final? uh, I can't remember. There's a word for like the the perfect finishing touch kind of thing. The coup de de gras. Coup de gras. The coup de gras of that plan was using a portal to drop Mantis right on his head. That's the only reason that worked as well as it did. Because they got him distracted all the people trying to hold him down, used the portal to drop Mantis right on his head. She puts him mostly under, and that's the only reason they were actually able to keep holding him down. And if the events had played out differently where he had had the Mind Stone at that point, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, that makes sense. Why would the Mind Stone have prevented that? Because it gives you like utter mastery of the mind. Like, mm. it, it, you... I guess they don't play around with it too much, but I mean, it, it, you wouldn't be able to be like mentally controlled at all. 
you would be able to do some mental control on your own end. That's probably why they give it to him last, because they don't want to play around with him using it, because it would kind of make some of the movie boring. <laughs> is the Mind Stone the reason the vision is so eloquent? <laughs> and logical? That... Well, I guess he's also kind of an android, so... <laughs> Synthesoid, but yes. <laughs> uh, the video game we played yesterday said android. They were wrong. <laughs> The video game they also I'm referencing said that, like, is an arcade box cabinet. That's what it is. Arcade cabinet of mm. Captain America and the Avengers. It also said Hawkeye was 6'4 and weighed 250 pounds. I don't see any problem with that. <laughs> so as, as a synth droid, does he drink synth ale? Um, he actually, I think he did at one point. What? What are you guys talking about? Synth ale. Oh no! Wait, that take they they did do something, but then at one point he points out he has a thoracic furnace that can convert, um, in the comics <laughs> that can convert whatever he takes in into energy, so it doesn't matter what he eats. It sounds like it would take more energy to run the furnace, or is this Except like the Mister Garbage thing on the DeLorean? I think with um this particular saying i think he's more mr fusion like he's mr fusion okay yeah that makes more sense than mr garbage (laughs) (laughs) and mr coffee does in fact figure out what he said mr coffee does in fact take in and put out coffee but uh (laughs) (laughs) but it is named for what it produces (laughs) just so happens the coffee is both and mr fusion takes in garbage and puts out fusion i guess what were we talking about before I said Mr. Garbage? <laughs> uh, we were talking about vision being eloquent. Um, and having a thoracic furnace. Yes. And <laughs> how much he weighed, and he was eloquent, and the Mind Stone, and Thanos, and the Power Stone. I said how much Hawkeye weighed. Vision weighs between zero, and, zero pounds and 3,000 tons. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, something you pointed out to me yesterday, which I want to share with Dustin and everybody else, I misunderstood what happened in Civil War when um, Scarlet Witch and Vision fought briefly at the Avengers base. Matthew, would you like to explain? Um, I think Trevor was under the impression that. Uh, I thought that she just pushed the him. Scarlet Witch just made just pushed him down with her. Yeah telekinetic kind of abilities and what i thought was the the case was that she was doing more of a uh closer to like the reality altering stuff she can do and would just caused his natural density altering to go to the extreme end where he became ultra dense and crashed through a bunch of meters of crust (laughs) and it took until that wore off before he could take control of it and then ascend. Yeah. And I think you're right. Cause I think there's some stuff with like the light kind of implying that she's doing something weird with the stone, which in this case isn't like, I mean, I guess the idea is the stone gives him his powers, but it seems to be implying that she's messing with his own powers in some way. But I didn't really understand what the point of that was. I thought she was just pushing him down. So I thought that made that a little more interesting. Um, 
close and I want to say. Can we talk about Thor's characterization and how, um, well, just Thor's characterization. Well, okay, I think Dustin is the least invested in Thor. So, Dustin, how did you feel about Thor in this? Hmm. I'm having a little bit of trouble answering this because I watched Thor Ragnarok between now and when I saw Infinity War. I think Thor's funny, and I'm actually enjoying Thor the more I watch him. I thought he was better used in this than in Age of Ultron, where he just said some mysterious stuff and flew off and like it just appeared in crucial points. I guess he appeared in crucial points here too. Uh I don't really They have trace anything. the whole story arc better is what you're saying though. And they incorporate Yeah, I feel like he was better used in this movie. I would agree with that. Thank you, sweet rabbit. I liked his axe. I mean I I would agree with that to an extent. Um in Age of Ultron, he does. There's the whole sequence where they're all trying to lift his hammer, which is cool. Um, and then he creates vision, and then he ha- then he just like suddenly goes on a side. Or actually, I guess this is before he goes on a side quest to figure out what's up with the Infinity Stones. Yeah, but it's a nonsense. So that's the part where he's just kind of like a wall. So I like. What'd you say? Ult- Sorry, what'd you say, Dustin? That part's nonsensical, though, in the movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it was make sense. it was purely there for setup for Infinity War. It didn't really matter for Age of Ultron, um, which makes it nonsensical to its own context. In a way, it weighs it weighs down its own movie as well. Yeah, I think. Um, but I like the role, especially during the argument on the vision, because you've got. Cap's side getting ready to, like, arguing. You've got Tony's side arguing. And in a way, it's almost a preview of, like, how Civil War gets out of hand because they're arguing so much. Literally, Thor shows up, solves the argument on their own, and they can move on from there. He's supposed to be a balance between the two of them so it doesn't turn into that type of thing. And when he's gone, it turns into a bigger thing okay so in age of ultron you see how rough it gets when he's gone he comes back and fixes it then civil war he doesn't come back and fix it it's not even fix it's the wrong term he was he provides a way for mediates he mediates it i guess is the wrong thing because he in a way he doesn't he doesn't solve the argument he just provides a way forward for the plot i guess would be more the yeah he's a mover but is he a shaker and it, it fits with his character in that, like, he's not going to try to discuss what he sees as the correct course of action. He's just going to pursue it because that's and it can end up poorly in some cases. But in that case, it resulted in the creation of the vision. So. Top marks. Win win. Um, oh, but uh, I guess that was what I was trying to I was I was curious how Dustin perceived that whole arc because again i'm i'm the arc in infinity war with thor what the we just went on like an age of ultron tangent so i want to clarify you're talking about the oh yeah thor arc in infinity war yeah i'm the net of litter arc and yes or the whole thor thing well the whole the whole thing just because i feel like they're 
the movie cared about him. Whereas before, I think it like sometimes it didn't like, I don't know. It felt like they didn't care as much about Thor in Age of Ultron, but some of that had to do with just they were balancing so many characters. So I feel like they were balancing more characters in this one, though. And yeah, that, OK, fair point. Yeah. So you guys, what is your impression on the use of Thor? Or did you just sum it up? I was just saying I was enjoying that. And like they, it feels like they've got his power level um, close. Like it felt like they were never fully utilizing the potential for it. Yeah. In earlier on, because like, if you think about it, like, okay, in Avengers, they're like Thor bottle him up. You've got the lightning. You can do that. It's like, well, he could should honestly be able to take care of a lot of the big flying. Like they could put him on all the big flying things. And he could probably do stuff with this. And in this, they show it like him popping into the battle in Wakanda, which I don't know how he knew to go there. And that's kind of a weird plot point, but um, him popping in and just like decimating the army was a pretty enjoyable moment because they had the, I don't know, kind of the throwback. Like I liked the, I like just the art direction they have on Thor when he's like crackling with electricity like that. So yeah, visually it was an enjoyable scene and then just given the way the they like continually were getting everything handed to them it was nice to see it not go that direction for 30 seconds yeah so storm stormbreaker is that the name of the axe yeah for one yes and no i feel like it should have a norse name not stormbreaker um Two, it has the ability to summon the Bifrost, so maybe that also gives him Heimdall's vision of, like, he can see wherever he wants. Or maybe that was the uh, cybernetic eye implant but that he got. That could... You know, actually, that's a good point. The Bifrost, I think, kind of has a bit of a homing effect. So he could have just said, I need to go to the Avengers or whatever and yeah. gotten there. So, okay, that that makes sense. I can buy that. The ability to see, is that a Heimdall power or a Bifrost power? Typically, it's a Heimdall power. Okay. How does a guy get such an incredibly powerful power like that? You got to be a Norse god. Okay. (laughs) Wield big sword. They didn't ever try to go for the visual effect in the movie, but whenever he's drawn in the comics... He's you only ever see half of him. The other half is like shaded to the cosmos, like a, a hmm. background of galaxies and stuff. Interesting. Um, what was I going to say there? Well, I have a quick question. You said yes and no for the axe's name. What is its axe? Oh, what's his okay. name in the comics? Well, I'm assuming it's with, a Norse name that means Stormbreaker. If you go with what the act, what it it actually looks like. It is Mjolnir. Oh, really? It's basically the ultimate version of Mjolnir. Oh. That from the <laughs> ultimate, like the handle part's a little different, but the way it looks just looks like ultimate Mjolnir and they didn't want to rename it the same thing and confuse people is my guess. Stormbreaker, like if you Googled Stormbreaker, it doesn't really look, maybe a little bit, but it doesn't really look like Stormbreaker. And that is actually the hammer that was specifically made for a supporting Thor character who is a noble alien who was able to use Mjolnir. And then they're like, you're so noble. We need to make you your own thing. And they made him Stormbreaker. 
so he wasn't a Norse god, and they probably didn't feel the need to make him a Norse named Hammer because he was. Um, oh, I feel bad. I'm forgetting the name of the species now. Oh well. So anyway, he looks kind of like a horse. Yeah. Oh, I just found a picture of it, and I thought it was a dinosaur. But you're right. I, it could be a horse. The angle makes him look like. I mean, it's Beta Ray Bill. If you want to look up Beta Ray Bill, the angle looks very dinosaurish. He has kind of a silly name, but isn't actually an enjoyable character. Yeah, his name is terrible. He technically had a Easter egg in Ragnarok as one of the faces on the building of champions that the Hulk was being built onto. I do not expect you'll ever see him in the movies. So that's probably why they felt okay with calling it Stormbreaker. I also, oh, another thing I liked about Thor was specifically the interactions with the Guardians were amusing. But like when he was getting ready to go on the quest to make um, Storm or acquire a new weapon that we didn't know it was Stormbreaker at that point, he sees Rocket and he says like, sir, you seem like a noble creature would you care to accompany me on my quest and like that's just a perfect Thor thing like just this pure not like I don't want to say non-discrimination he doesn't care like the species or anything like that it's just he either sees a warrior spirit or just someone he's like you seem like we would get along do you want to join me join with me and go on this quest like I just I love that part of it <laughs> and all of the continued rabbit jokes were amusing yeah I liked that he called him rabbit. I, yeah, I, and he did it so affectionately too. Trevor, did you not like him calling him rabbit? No. Okay. So I was at first confused as to why rocket was not offended by this, but Betsy pointed out to me that Thor did it so respectfully. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whereas everybody else who calls rocket anything, whether it's raccoon or Trash uh, trash panda or anything else, or rodent, they always do it disrespectfully, but Thor was actually calling him rabbit with utmost respect. He even calls him sweet rabbit and calls him noble (laughs) at one point. So again, I just think that goes towards Thor's like, he respects all beings, especially ones he sees something like a character quality in that is admirable. Yeah. I'm liking Thor more and more. Yeah. I was incredibly skeptical when it was, when I first heard that there was going to be a Thor movie, because I thought it was going to be this weird, like Norse God surfer dude kind of thing. Cause I didn't know anything about Thor and I just was going on his point break appearance, to be honest, my man. And then I ended up really liking the first movie. And then I liked the second movie more and I've liked him in all the other movies. So yeah, I have overall been very surprised with how much I've liked Thor. I just wish that people could express their appreciation for Ragnarok without trashing the first two. That is my only complaint. Well, and Loki. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. I don't think that Loki... I think that Ragnarok is the worst expression of Loki in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think... The other movies get his character right, and that one does not, in my opinion. It's almost like they didn't... They were... I don't know. They wanted to keep the narrative focus off of him. And he absorbs it too easily because of how yeah. good Tom Hiddleston is at it. I think the best encapsulation of my complaints about him in that movie are that when Thor and Loki are facing Hela, and I might have said this before, 
Um, I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but uh, Hella attacks them on the fjord or whatever they're, wherever they are, and um, Loki calls the Bifrost as Thor tries to attack, but then Thor's like, no, don't do that. Loki would be the one to realize that calling the Bifrost was a bad idea. He would be the one to realize that that was a fatal mistake. Um, and I'm not saying that Thor would call the Bifrost because Thor would still definitely attack, but Loki would know better than to let Hela get to Asgard like that. But then again, that kind of goes with what I, like they did it almost just to further, they had Emacked, dumb to further the plot yeah it's almost like his cunning got fridged yeah have we talked about fridging um is that like in indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull no that is jumping the refrigerator jumping a refrigerator fridging <laughs> not no. riding i in can't it? no i can't remember what it's called um um dustin the fridging is just generally the term for when a character is killed off to further the development of another character specifically oh often like, as if it's a woman being done to yeah further the development of a man which if trevor's going where i think he's going we got like like in green lantern we got a terrible version of that where someone was double fridged in this movie Triple fridged, actually. I take that back. Wait, who? Hold on. Pause. Um, It's called nuking the refrigerator, and it's simply the movie version, or not refrigerator. Um, Nuke the fridge is basically the movie version of Jump the Shark. I see. Well, nuke the fridge is what happened with Indiana Jones. Yeah. Or is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. That is the point. How did Gamora get triple fridged? I got you now. I thought you were saying that's what happens when someone when someone gets triple fridged and you were saying like, oh, no, that's nuking the fridge. Oh, no, <laughs> like, no. I was going back to what I said about riding the refrigerator. It is not riding the refrigerator or jumping the refrigerator. Um, okay. So you say Gamora got triple fridged? Yes. Let's see. Because... Are you saying that she died three times or that she forwarded three people's plot lines? Uh, the latter. Oh. Okay, so... I thought you... Thanos, okay. Chris 3, and Nebula? Nebula. I mean, Nebula's was a little lesser than, obviously, Thanos and um, Star-Lords. Did you just say Nebula's? Nebula's. Nebula apostrophe S. Why did you say Chris three? Did you say that Nebula's was Nebulous? No. Or did my brain just like want this to happen? And so it told me that's what you'd said. The latter. It wanted it to happen. Okay. This is part one of our discussion about Infinity War. You don't mean... This is part one of our discussion of the Infinity War. That's a comic book. You said the Black Panther both times. What? Whenever what? you did the intros for, for Black Panther, you oh, said I said the Black part Panther. One yeah, of the Black Panther. Ah, uh, yes. Good times. You can find the show notes for this episode at BetterWorlds.net/slash/podcast/slash/thirty-four. You can find us on Twitter at BetterWorlds.net. 
and you can find us on Slack at slack.betterworlds.net. Thanks for listening. Go then.